the Love Facebook Live. Hey, everybody. It's Lori Finkelstein, reader with Table Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is an extra, extra special day for us. Um, I was thinking about how to introduce the Nikki Ubaldini, but if you're in real estate, I'm sure you know about this amazing lady. Uh, Nikki and her husband, Gary, who's also super awesome. When they were producing agents, okay, everybody write this down. They sold as a team over 5,000 units. To me, that means they served 5,000 families. Just mind-blowing, which is kind of why when I met this amazing lady about 10, 11 years ago, I just followed everything she did. Nikki is also the regional OP for the entire South Florida area for the amazing Keller Williams. A lot of you know that I was a KW agent for close to nine years, nine of the best years of my life. And um, more than anything is that Nikki is now the founder of a group called Women Empowered. And for all you ladies that want to be a part of something where we can lift each other up and help each other, I'm sure we'll get Nikki to tell you a little bit about that. Um, just a reminder that Table Talk Live was born because uh, 23 years in the business, I personally got to surround myself with people like Nikki. And knowing all of you that want to build businesses, I want to bring all of these industry leaders to you so that even if you give that 30 minutes a week and you get to hear from someone like Nikki, you take good notes. And even if you implement one thing and it helps your business, well, then that's a really big win for all of us. So Nikki, welcome, welcome, welcome to Table Talk Live. And I'm just so grateful. Just so you know, when I asked you to join and you said yes, I screamed and jumped up and down a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored that you would invite me. Oh, you are just um, you are a, a true mentor of mine from a distance. Um, you're, you're one of those people when your name comes across my phone, whether it's a phone call or a text, I pretty much don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to jump on that call. You have changed my life from the day that I had the opportunity to meet you. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of great questions and okay. hopefully we can together inspire the agents and people who are thinking about being agents or they're stuck in their business or if their business is doing amazing, right? I love when I ask an agent, so how is your business? Can I help you? And they're like, my business is amazing. And I say, well, what would that look like if we made a little tweak? Could it get even better? Right. So again, thank you for doing this. Um, so my first question is, how is this market the same or different from past markets? What we're going through today, how is it the same or different from past markets? Well, that's a great question. Um, well, this, it's the same because people are still people. Uh, I believe that uh, buyers are still buyers and sellers are still sellers. They still have a need. They still have a desire. They still want somebody to help them and guide them through the processes. Even though they have more information at their fingertips than they've ever had, there's something about having somebody walk you through what I call fuzzy logic. You know, uh, we all know that computers can transact. I mean, come on, how many of us have used Amazon almost every day, right? Um, and yeah, exactly, right? So we know that you can do a transaction that way, but buying or selling a home is there's so much more to it. There's so much more um, emotion, anxiety, you know, what ifs, 
um, you know, things that could go wrong, things that can go right. And I think that the thing that's the same is that the buyers and sellers um, still need and want somebody to walk them through the fuzzy logic and help them and guide them and bring their expertise to the table. So that's yeah. the same. Uh, what's different is in the means in which we provide that. Um, you know, with the technology that's available today, um, and of course, the buyers and things that we're working with tend to be a little bit more technological savvy. Um, so that piece is different. So how we communicate may be different. Um, but it is also interesting right now, we're, we're going through um, an interesting market, not due to economics, uh, but, but due to a pandemic. So um, it's this is not 2008, 2009. 2008, 2009 was purely economics, and and you know there there was a, a reason for this over here, and and a lot of it we created ourselves by um, allowing our our customers to take 125 percent mortgages, um, or buying more than they could get into, uh, or buying more properties than they needed because there was a lot of investment buying, or I would like to say they weren't really investors, they were speculators um, because they didn't really have a plan B. I mean, nobody talked them through the what if the market changes, you know, are you going to be okay? You know, can you rent this property out? You know, do you do the numbers? We were more into the sale and, you know, and, and earning our commission. I think today, while the market has shifted because of a pandemic, it is it's made us generally more empathetic. Um, I think it's brought more empathy to the table. It's allowed us to have those heartfelt conversations again, asking those yeah. questions. And maybe we've learned from the past, you know, maybe 28, you know, 2008, 2009 helped us to learn um, to not make the same mistakes again. And yeah. uh, it's interesting because, you know, we flip flopped because uh, now over 60% of homes in America are free and clear. Um, yeah. And it wasn't that way in 08 and 09. And so maybe yeah. we've learned our lessons. So we're in a different economic time. So the pandemic is a, is a temporary thing that will work our way through but we can't stop treating buyers and sellers the way they need and want to be treated, which as intelligent people that, that just want answers. So yeah. however, we have to find that. I love it. And you started off with, you said, people are still people. And what we have seen is that real estate agents that are sticking to the activities, because I watch, I'm watching our numbers, I'm, I watch Keller Williams numbers, and what we're seeing is in some spaces double the production yeah right well, it, because the, and and the consumer needs us now more than ever they need that empathetic real estate agent that's going to be you know they're going to follow up they're going to you know do the things that that buyer and that seller need people are still people you you can't hide and unfortunately we we do have a portion of our industry that thinks well i'm just going to wait this one out on excuse me, on the couch, you know, I'm going to wait till it gets better. And a lot of that was a lot of those same people or similar people that when we went to the short sale era, that I don't want to learn something new. I, I don't want to learn how to do something different. So I'm just going to wait it out or I'll, I'll get out of the business for a period of time. And, you know, it's a decision. It's a choice. The thing is, is that those that are doing the activities, like you said, Lori, those that are doing the activities are taking market share. 
And yes. what your market share that you gain in a, in, a, in a marketplace like this, you will never lose. But market share that you no. lose, you'll never get back. So pay attention. Now, understand in some areas we know um, real estate was shut down completely and yeah. uh, they weren't even essential. So, but they could still do care calls. And I, I struggle right. because in reality, when we were actually first under quarantine here in Florida, I mean, how much business was really being transacted? There was still some business being transacted, but a lot of it came slowed down, but the communication couldn't stop. And because the communication right. continued, when people started feeling a little more comfortable after about a week or two, they were like, okay, now I'm ready to do something because they were already in dialogue. So yeah, that's kind of what we saw. Exactly. And, you know, for those of us who got into this as a career, the care call, the care call, what you just said, took, you're going to take market share with that care call during that period of time, you know, and a lot of us were stuck and it was tough. Um, but I'm really excited to see the people who have been really innovative and learned how to function within this new normal. So that's super awesome. Um, my next question. Thank you for all of that. That was really great. I hope everyone's writing this down. Nikki Ubaldini, Nikki Ubaldini's talking to everybody. Um, what's the biggest, it's true, Nikki. Listen, you know what? They should all know that when I joined Keller Williams, in a short few years, we double, tripled, and quadrupled our business because I was listening to you, my friend. Oh, I paid close. I paid close attention. Um, what's the biggest warning you would give to real estate agents today? What would you say? The biggest warning is that what you said? Warning. What would be the biggest warning you would give real estate agents today? Uh, my biggest warning would be is don't get caught up in what's going on in the world around you um, and stay focused on the people that are in front of you uh, because the people that are in front of you uh, need you and want you. And I don't mean, I don't mean that in a negative statement. I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up for what you believe in about the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a lot of other stuff that can be distractions to us um in in this what's going on right now with the riots i guess i better be specific that, that's not what i'm talking about yes that's an immediate situation but i'm talking about um you know politics and and that kind of stuff you know and getting caught up in watching the news every day that can that can take your eye off the ball when really where your eye needs to be is on buyers and sellers and who want and who's raising their hand at the moment i yeah. think we get the other warning that goes along with that is um, think about where you're getting your leads from um, and, you know, are, are, what are you paying for them? What is your return on your money? And, you know, is it is it are, and, and, and are you converting them? Because if you're not and you're paying for leads, then you might as well just go flush hundred dollar bills down the toilet. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a, I mean, leads are everybody's issue, right? Lori, everybody wants leads and, and we, we always feel like we don't have enough leads, but I, I think that we don't, we don't think enough like business people. We tend to think like salespeople. And if, you know, my warning is, is to stop thinking like a salesperson, don't get caught up in what's going on around you. Stay focused on your customers and stay focused on where you want to be. And that will get you where you need to be. I love it. I love it. And it's actually just that simple. So put, really? the blinders, put the blinders on, keep out the background noise 
and focus on the activities. It's amazing how simple it is, and we're always trying to complicate it. Um, but that's the truth. I, well, you know what? Because agents, who we are, by behaviorally tend to be, is we get bored. Okay, so even though it's working, we want to change it because we're bored. And yes. that is the biggest mistake that we all make um, with our entrepreneurial spirits. Yeah. So we have to remember that boredom is not the answer, is not the reason for change. Uh, Gary Keller has always said this for many years. He's always said success is boring. Totally. Success is boring. And it's boring because it's repetition. Like you said, put the blinders on, do what the activities that you need to do. And it's boring. But yeah. the reality is, is the results are amazing and we can find other ways to make it exciting, but don't give up the, the boring uh, activities that will, that will generate the business. If people could just write down what you just said, success is boring, but results are amazing. I think I'm going to have a plaque made that says that. <laughs> that is, that's really important. Um, what are the top three attributes in your professional opinion of a productive agent? The top three things that you say a productive agent, what are those top three attributes? Uh, number one is integrity. I think integrity goes a long way. I think uh, the consumer recognizes it. It's kind of like a, um, you know, how like children and dogs, they, they, they know good people. It's the same thing when you have, when your heart is there and you're doing always striving to do the right thing. I'm not saying be perfect because we're not perfect, but if you're right. always striving to do the right thing, having great integrity in everything you're doing, um, that will always lead you to do the right things. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is tenacity. Uh, I think uh, the tenacious person will always get further than, than those that sit back and wait. And uh, for some people, they might say that they're pushy, um, but we've always said talent pushes, but then there's pushy people that aren't talented. So we got to make sure that we don't get confused with what that is. Uh, but tenacity is knowing what I want and finding out how to get what I want and then, and then doing the steps to get there. That's tenacity. Um, asking when I need help, um, not being afraid to say, well, I don't understand that. Can you help me? Knowing that I'm going to come to forks in the road, knowing that I'm going to have to make right turns and left turns, but be okay with that. That's a tenacious person because they know the road to success is not a straight line. They, they understand that there's going to be zigs and zags and, and that, and that, but they're staying focused on what they want. So, so tenacity. Um, and, and the, so those are those are the first two. Um, and then the last piece is I would have to say uh, compassion and empathy. Uh, I think that uh, in, in our I think empathy and compassion go together. They, they kind of serve as a in my mind, a multipurpose thing, um, because I don't want the compassion to be sympathy because there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. So I'm saying compassion from an empathetic standpoint. Uh, where we're, we're willing to listen um, and to stay out of judgment and to see people as people and allow people to have their own thoughts and their own beliefs and um, be a guide to people to get what they want. So that's where the empathy, compassion piece comes in for me. Because when you lead with your heart, everything changes. Your heart, I mean, I've learned so much about energies and all of this through the last few years and that 
how heart level energy truly changes the environment in which you work and the people around you. So amazing. It's so true. So true. And I, I, I'm hopeful that a lot of us have really learned more and more about empathy these last couple of months. I don't think as sales teams and companies that we were training to that. Right. I think now we absolutely are training to this thought of always being empathetic. You know, I think we're all empathetic people, but really focusing on it and making sure that the person sitting across from you or on the phone or on a Zoom, they know that you care. Right, right. And, and, and you know, it's that old adage that we've always said, you know, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And we exactly. can say that all day long without really understanding what that means. Yeah. And I think, as you said, what's happened in our world, I mean, this is a worldwide thing, has really led us to understand empathy at a different level. Um, there's a lot of sadness in, in our world right now. There's a lot of stress. Uh, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of anger. Um, you know, a lot of oppression and, uh, this empathy, empathy, true empathy from your heart with love is, is healing. It helps to heal. And if you can help somebody heal through their situation, just by being understanding and caring, um, it's, it's amazing what can happen, but we yeah. all have to, we all have to participate. And, but it's a pebble in the pond, Lori. Because some people say, "Well, that's all. I'm only one person, so what? What I do doesn't matter." Yeah, it does because you're you're the pebble in the pond. You throw your pebble in, and your and your waves go out, and then somebody else throws a pebble in, and the waves get bigger. And yeah. you know, we don't know who we're impacting. So if I impact two people, and they go out and impact four more people, and they go out and impact eight more people, we'll get there. Yes. I mean, we, we learned, um, I think it's been about five years ago. Do you remember when we won the lottery? Yes, I do. I remember that well. Right. So the whole pay it forward thing, one person leads to the next person, to the next person. And that was for me, I got to see it in, in, in real time. And I know people say I'm just one person doesn't make a difference. But honestly, every time each of us steps out and pays it forward and shows empathy, we might just be teaching someone who didn't know how to do that. So it's really wonderful. Okay. Um, what's the biggest obstacle you find non-productive agents never overcome? The biggest obstacle is their fear of rejection. Oh, yes. And I think that um, for some people, they just can't get through the fear um, or, or the fear of maybe not even being rejected, but the fear of being told no, you know, or the fear of the unknown. So sometimes it's their own made up fear of rejection. It's not, they're, they're not really actually getting rejected yet because they won't even pick up the phone. So right. they're so fearful of what might happen that they create this whole world in their head of, you know, being rejected. Now, uh, yeah. me being behaviorally who I am, I don't like to be rejected either. I mean, I, I'm sure you don't either. I mean, that's most people don't like to feel rejection. The problem is, is when they put themselves and they're taking it personally. And, you know, when we when we take things personally, it's always a, a rejection versus instead of saying, well, that's just where they're at right now in their life. Um, you know, one of the best books that I've, uh, and we just did it again. We just did this book again, um, the four agreements and oh, yeah. 
one of the agreements is don't take things personally. Um, and I have to tell you, I read that book many years ago and then we just pulled it back out and did it with our women's group. And, and it's so much more powerful because of where my head was on, especially on the piece of don't take things personally. Um, right. because it's not where you're at, but that's where I think, I think their fears, their fears overwhelm them and, and paralyze them. So they can't, they can't succeed. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> sorry, um, they use that favorite word. I got to go get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, an interesting thing, um, something I actually also learned from being at Keller Williams and specifically with Gary Keller was, um, and I found this really bizarre was when I went to one of the events and I was so excited for all my success and nobody was interested. They were like, well, how often are you failing? What's not working? And as soon as I decided to make that my focus, you know, embracing rejection, being excited when someone hung up on me, being excited when someone didn't hire me to list their property, my entire, I've got goosebumps, my entire life changed. Yeah. So retraining yourself to get excited about someone dumping you, telling you no, it sets you free forever. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. I really do have goosebumps all over me, but yeah. thank you. And I hope people will embrace the idea of failing. So instead of talking about all these great things we've done, we, we more excited now about our failures. I mean, on Fridays, we do fail your way forward Friday, mm -hmm. not talking about all of our wins. So thank you for sharing that. It's, it's true. And if people would get comfortable with that, they certainly would, would get more comfortable with the sales. Well, um, you, you, may just, you just made a comment, and if you don't mind me just reiterating something, getting comfortable with your failures, but it's really, if we all looked at failure as lessons, because you just said, I learned to go back and to see it. So if instead of failure, we said that I'm learning, these are lessons that I'm learning, I didn't fail, I just learned another way to do it, or I learned how to do it differently. And I yes. think that's another piece that that's a, that's a block that many of us have. Yeah where you know we have been for whatever reason maybe from childhood or whatever we we have this feeling that we have to be perfect or we, right. we you know failure is not is 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 bad or it's not an option well if you if you reframe that and don't say failure and say well i've learned what did i learn right. um, and that's what i'm sure you're doing on failure friday you're saying what did we learn what could we do better yeah. next time what didn't we do so right. great to be better next time there's no failure in that that's awesome so so it's either we win or we keep learning. That's right. That's I love it. I love it. Um, so this is a really exciting question. And I so value your opinion on this. And I want to personally know, where do you see teams evolving in the next five years? What where do you, you see? Real where do you, what do you see? How do you, you know, just how do you see a team evolving over the next five years we see there's more and more and more real estate teams um it's it's very accepted in the industry when i when i was trying to build a team you know years ago people looked at me like i had a horn coming out of the top of my head you know they're like a team what is that um so what where do you see that going over the next five years well i think it's like anything what's it's an amazing industry that you're always going to have people who lead to the front you're always going to have people that have bigger visions. And I think that teams will continue. I think they're going to get bigger. 
Um, I think they're going to be more uh, expansion out there. I think people are going to spread out their teams. They're going to be doing things more globally uh, or, you know, statewide or wherever, you know, whatever it is that they, wherever they live. Um, because I believe people like to be part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, if we remember that most of the world um, are, are behaviors that are more in a comfort area of security, Okay, they mm -hmm. like security. They like to know what's going to happen. They like to have systems and models and tools to run by. Um, and, and they don't necessarily need to be the lead dog. You know, um, they like to, they like being part of the dog sled yes. and don't mind being the second or the third or the fourth dog on the sled because they get to still bark and have fun and be part of the team. And that's that's more important to them than it is to be the leader. I'm actually seeing that more in our millennials now, nowadays. Um, our millennials really wanna be a part of something bigger. Um, while we have some amazing thinkers as millennials who are very entrepreneurial and doing their own great things and they will be the next great leaders of these teams. There's many millennials who are just as smart but are just a little bit more comfortable being under the wings of, of a team and, and, and getting their vision um, grown inside the vision of somebody else's vision. And those are empire builders. You know, we know yeah. what they're called and that's exciting. Yeah. And I, I agree with you um, being part of something, a community, you know, people that you can grow with, learn with, lean on. Uh, they're there for you. Good times, bad times. Yeah. Especially with millennials. I absolutely mm -hmm. see it. They want to be part of a community. And the other thing I see, which is really interesting is, people really wanting to kind of learn the ropes yes. as, a, as opposed to, you know, just diving in and saying, Hey, everybody come join my team. They're wanting to really have their value proposition nailed down so that they can attract the right people into that community. So really interesting. Um, how do you see the brokerage model over the next five years? Where, where do you see that evolving? Well, you know, I think that's that's kind of like the big team in the sense that, you know, while there are the teams within the brokerages, I think there's still going to be those independent agents that want to uh, work alone and are very happy, you know, being the sole proprietor. So yeah. they look to them to their offices, um, the brokerage as their their umbrella or their team. And I think that where that's leading is that these brokerages need to become more of need to have a stronger culture than ever. They need to have a stronger value system than ever. They need to have the tools that are necessary for people to succeed more so than ever. And they have to be open to change, change yeah. on a dime because we have to be able to pivot and shift in, you know, in, in any environment. And um, I, I do believe that we're going to see um, uh, either, I think we're going to see more offices either getting bigger with more and more agents because a lot of these smaller entities are not are going to like fold into these offices. Um, uh, and I think that some of it will be virtual. I think that we're going to have a digital platform as well as as a an actual physical presence. I think there are still people and, and it was proven to me during this pandemic that want and need to come into an office every single day um, that that they they are much more successful by doing that. Uh, they're much more productive by doing that. And they need the social interaction. 
yeah. um, because their their souls were dying being at home by themselves. So yeah, I, I see it that, you know, it's going to be a lot of the same, but a lot different too, in the sense of how we continue to transact this. I think right now we're already making those changes. Yeah. So. And I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head. It, it really doesn't matter if you're a team, if you're an individual agent, or if you're a giant brokerage, reality is it's pivot, pivot, pivot. You've right. got to follow the bouncing ball. Um, we say all the time that the consumer is the North star. Yeah. So wherever that consumer is going, however we need to serve them, obviously that's what's going to happen. Well, my favorite last question is if you would share with everybody watching Table Talk Live a little bit about Women Empowered, your group that you that was born. Um, and I would just love for you to share anything you want and how people can reach out if they want to be a part of that. Okay, wonderful. Well, Women Empowered is a, is a group that I created after I went through a medical uh, situation where I felt um, my power was being taken away from me or trying to be taken away from me. I felt as I watched things happening and unfolding, um, I realized that um, that we need to we need to be stronger by ourselves and together and that there's more healing that needs to happen than physical there is a spiritual healing there's an emotional healing and that we all that we need community and we need strength in that community so i chose to create this group to share my story to share what happened in my journey and um, and to guide others to make good decisions about their health, about their future, about their lives, um, about how they think about themselves, about what they say, you know, what they eat, what they do, things like that, um, about business, how they do business. And so all of those pieces are wrapped into one. Uh, I actually have a podcast now. It's called We Are Women Empowered, and uh, and we've got all kinds of things, great things from interviews with doctors to um, psychologists to, uh, you know, just some really cool information um, out there to help you, you know, just get through life in, in with less stress. I learned that stress uh, was not good for me and uh, stress was part of the reason where I ended up. So I'm trying to help women take care of themselves because we all know as women, we tend to put ourselves last. And when we put ourselves last, we really can't help anybody. So it's amazing, you know, um, for, especially for females, the, for those who we want to build big businesses, I, even though my children are grown, I want a parent, I want to be there for my parents. I want to be there for my friends. And, you know, you run out of time and the stress level can be so massive, Nikki. Yeah. So like, I'm so attracted to that. And what you're saying is like, this is a place to go to learn how we can have that. And we can also manage our health, manage our stress yeah. and, and, and be those things to the people that we love, that we want to have in our lives. Well, it was my wake up call, Lori. I, I, you know, I had many happy moments in my life, but I didn't have true joy in my heart. And that's what I realized. And I had kind of lost my soul and I was what? just kind of going through the motions. I mean, we were still having success. Things were still going well, but I was fooling myself. I literally was numb. I was numb. And, uh, and when I recognized through, and, and, it, and it took me getting knocked down with a, with a health situation to recognize that I was numb and that I had to heal from the inside out. And, uh, and, and I realized that I wasn't alone in this. And when I opened this, this forum up, I was shocked by the hundreds of women 
who flocked to wanted to be part of this and to learn wow. how to how to heal themselves you know not just physically but emotionally spiritually because many people don't have a physical issue my goal is so that they don't get to a physical issue i got to a physical issue because i didn't do these things before so yeah. my goal is to help women not get to a physical issue heal that emotional spiritual self and then the physical will not come so yeah or i think we if no one knocks Nikki Ubaldi. Nobody knocks me down. And I just want to thank you personally. Um, I'm still covered in goosebumps. My heart overflowing today. Um, you're just an extraordinary woman. You you know. And this this whole women empowered. Like I, I'm. I thank you. I thank you. I know there's people who need you, and I hope they're hearing this and they know how to find you. And um, reach out to me. Reach out to me. We have some, we have some we uh, lives coming up. The beginning, which is awesome. the start again. I'm happy for you to join us anytime. We'd love to have you. I would love you. I would love it. I would love it. And I just thank you times one hundred for giving me thirty minutes or so of your beautiful day and many blessings and God bless and thank you again. Kisses to Nikki Ubaldini. Love you. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.